Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast, where entrepreneurs come to learn how to live their truth, get rich, and make a massive difference in the world. I'm your host, Adam Force, co-founder at Change Creator and co-creator of the Captivate Method. Each week, we talk to experts about leadership, digital marketing, and sales strategies that you can implement in your business and life to go big. Visit us at changecreator.com forward slash go big to grab awesome resources that will help drive your business forward. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Change Creator Podcast show. I hope you had a relaxing and rejuvenating holiday break. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, So much exciting stuff to do for 2021. Um, I hope you're thinking about the success milestones and goals you have for the year um, and you know where you want to go and who you need to become, right? Um, So if you guys missed the last episode, uh, don't forget to circle back and check it out. It is a good one. It's with Richard Lau, and it's about choosing the right logo for your business. Um, there's so much on how that the the way we design logos is evolving. Um, you know, with digital design and stuff like that. And what is the intentions behind it? What do we need to know about them? Uh, he is also a guy that sold, built, and sold Resume.com. He's building and selling uh, Logo.com. So we talk about his model for buying, uh, building, and selling businesses as well. Okay, so the conversation we're going to have today, uh, which I'm excited about, is with Trevor Anderson. So Trevor is actually the founder and CEO of Anderson Collaborative. Now, this is his second agency that he has built, um, and they're doing really well. They were recognized with honors um, as one of the top marketing companies in 2020 in Miami. That's where I am. So I've connected with Trevor here out in Miami, and I'm always, you know, I love talking about, you know, just business around like uh, branding and marketing and different things like that. So we're going to dive into some key topics and how he's built up his agencies um, and some of the trends that are taking place in the market today. And we're going to talk about branding and things like that. So hang in and we're going to connect on that stuff. Our team has um, been working really hard and planning for a big 2021. And some of the things we've been focusing on are really just um, how we're serving our students in some of our educational uh, areas, which is like our Captivate program um, and how that's evolving. And it's exciting because it's a newer offer, but we're now getting renewals with students and having people start year two. And it's been really exciting to see the progress. Um, you know, we we help people supercharge their marketing with storytelling. Um, and it's interesting because it's so much more that comes out of it because we're building a full business system, right, through that program. Um, but what has been really I guess powerful for people, what we're learning through the program is that we do three live coaching calls a month, right? I mean, and so the exciting part of it is that it's just kind of like the fraction of a cost. And this is how we set the model up to make it a low barrier for entry. Um, And seeing the results and being able to help people at that kind of an intimate level has been very excited for, for me and the team. 
Um, and we love uh, helping and seeing uh, people actually start getting their fina financial earnings where they want it to go, getting clarity on their brand, telling their brand stories, being authentic, understanding the marketing uh, world because they're all masters of their craft, but they haven't mastered their business skills, right? If you don't have the business skills, you're going to struggle. Um, and that's where our team comes in to talk about all the different areas around branding, brand storytelling, marketing, setting up your website, all that kind of good stuff, email systems, you name it. So this year we're going to be really leaning in and we hope maybe we can connect with more of you guys through that program and help more people out. Uh, so keep an eye out for those things. And if you guys go to changecreator.com forward slash go big, there is a, um, a masterclass that I put on just to kind of talk about brand storytelling. Um, and I also introduce the program and kind of explain what it's all about. So if you want to check that out, um, you'll have an opportunity. Just go to that URL, changecreator.com forward slash go big. All right, guys, I'm going to stop blabbing and we're going to get into this conversation with Trevor. Okay, show me the heat. I know you're going to dig this. Hey, Trevor, welcome to the Change Creator Podcast Show. How are you doing today, man? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. appreciate you being here. Um, you know, it sounds like you've done some pretty cool work and uh, with the agency that you have. And you are in the Miami area, right? I am. Yeah, I'm in okay. uh, sunny Miami. It's, it's pretty nice here right now. I, I live in Miami Shores. <laughs> That's awesome. There you go. Yeah, so I'm not too far. Um, and I was just in Brickle. I lived in Brickle Key just less than a year ago. I just moved into Miami Shores once we had uh, we had a, a baby boy just uh, back in April. So we were like, all right. Oh, congrats. That's cool. Thanks. Yeah, doing the house thing. <laughs> yeah, that's the spot. But yeah, probably not good for a baby. Uh, yeah, you know, Brickle Key is amazing. I, I never knew, even knew it existed until I moved there. I was like, I was living right in Pembroke Pines and then Davie, and then we started looking, and my wife and I were like, holy shit. And I was like, this island, there's an island in Miami? <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It is fun. So anyway, um, so just, just so people who are listening, um, just give a little background because I know you've started a couple companies, correct me if I'm wrong, um, yep. and just give, give the rundown of like that and just where you are, like what you're doing today. Sure. So um, yeah, exactly right. Uh, I've started two different marketing agencies. This is the current one that I'm working on. Uh, really just have a background in marketing and marketing consulting, doing that for, you know, other agencies, doing that for publications, and then kind of dove into the entrepreneurship side of things, um, here back in 2017, I believe. Yeah. And so I started a, I started a marketing agency with a really good friend of mine in Dallas. We ran up for a few years and ended up just making the decision to part ways mutually, um, and, and go out on my own, uh, and start this agency out here in Miami, which is, uh, a little over a year and a half old. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been really fortunate to kind of have a lot more growth than I expected, especially with the COVID situation and everything like that. And I think it's, I think it's cause we, we've kind of really simplified what we do and, and really tried to focus on providing value. And, uh, you know, thankfully we've been able to build a lot of really great case studies on that. So mm. right now we're just, we're focusing on building that up and, and sort of, you know, treading the waters as the COVID situation continues. And yeah, it's, uh, it's been, you know, I've done a lot of different stuff, but this is, it's been very enjoyable and, um, cool. you know, just, this is my focus right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, you know, from the first agency to your, your current agency, 
what did you do different in the approach? Meaning now you have some experience after the first agency. So like, what did you learn from it? And what are some of the things you did differently the second time around? Yeah, uh, man, there's so many that would, there'd be a whole episode on that one. Um, well, I mean, that's the important thing. Well, first off, it was, I started that with, again, a really good friend of mine in college. And, um, you know, we're, I think we're both pretty well versed in, in what we were talking about. So it's not like we were faking it, but we did have sort of this mantra of like fake it till you make it when we were younger, just because we were really young. And I think the, the sort of the, we trended towards trying to do a lot of things that we shouldn't have been doing. So somebody would say, you know, Hey, we need, we need some designers, right? Like we need somebody to design some graphic design stuff or like, Oh yeah, let's do it. So we would just say yes to a bunch of different stuff. And you know, that put us into situations where we really weren't providing as much value just by kind of sticking to the core principles of why we started the business. Um, and so I think that's a danger for a lot of people. (laughs) You know, there's that, there's that mantra. If you try to be everything, to everyone, you're going to be nothing to no one. Yeah. Um, and so with this agency, I've really tried to just focus in on uh, kind of three core areas that kind of all, you know, cohesively fall together. And that's really promotion. That's building digital experiences and the data that's the glue between that. So when it comes to anything that kind of falls outside of that realm, uh, we stick away from it. We'll refer them to other people and we'll be very transparent and just say, Hey, that's, that's not our thing. Mm. And because of that, we've been able to really deliver a lot more value, make people happy because we're not trying to do stuff that we're not good at. Right. Yeah, of course. Of course. And I, I guess, so just, I think a bit, a big struggle that people have, and let me know, I guess, if you face the same thing, probably more so with the first business with your college buddy, um, is, getting those initial clients before you have all the case studies and all the stuff. And like, is the service you're providing, like you said, you were kind of taking on whatever you could, um, you know, like, you know, sometimes you have to wonder, am I providing a service that people actually want, <laughs> you know, um, or sure. am I a dime a dozen? Do I have to be more unique? Um, you know, so the positioning factor and just, getting clients on board any any tips for people yeah well so when i when i started that business um I w- that was in dallas and so i came from an area called highland park which is this has a massive amount of luxury real estate and luxury realty uh got the chance to work with a lot of different agents and, and brokerages out there and that's really how i got my start and so the thing was like where the value really was was sort of taking these old school types of people that really operated in, in, in like print mail and just very traditional like newspaper advertising for the publication of, you know, the different properties they're marketing and things like that. And yeah. so I had a really close relationship with a few of those people. And so when we had the idea of sort of starting that, you know, I had some background in, in Facebook ads and things like that. And so that was like a big change for them, right? Like they had never done any kind of digital marketing or anything like that. And so we were actually able to, you know, help, uh, one of the teams we worked with really early on, get a ton of success, really build them up in the brokerage. And uh, that got us some attention and build it up. So I think the important thing there is one, like uh, where we got in hot water with them is like, we tried to do a lot of stuff again. Like I said, that we shouldn't, Yeah, it wasn't really like our, our, our core area of, of where we were helping them. Right. But the important thing to do when you're sort of looking for that right person to work with is, you know, one, make sure there's really a need there. Make sure you really can help them. And, and two, you know, selling is not really the hardest part. You can go in there and 
um, if you can speak pretty well, <laughs> you can you can get a lot of people excited about what you're saying. It's that delivery, right? It's like a, a dog chasing a car. We do when he get that car. Yeah. Um, so I, I, my biggest thing I'd say to people is like, you know, don't be afraid to price yourself right. Don't do things for cheap, but also don't pigeonhole yourself away from that. You know, do some opportunities for cheaper so you can build on that. But, you know, just make sure that, you know, whatever you're approaching that sort of thing, that it's focused on value. It's, it's about providing value to the person you're working with. Yeah, no, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I know historically we've had times where, you know, I, I just actually made a video about this, talking about some of the, our historical mistakes. And, you know, we had like a $50,000 deal on the table. And at that time, you know, we were under the gun to get some cash in the company. Um, sure. And, you know, we got what we like to call money breath. <laughs> and, you know, we, we pushed too hard, too fast, and so on and yeah. so forth. And it kind of like, it, it just kind of put the deal, put them, it's kind of like a girl who can sense a guy that's desperate, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, was, I was just going to say that. <laughs> so it's like, and then later we had like a much bigger deal, but like they, they actually, like, offer, this is just an example. They offered a retainer. And the retainer, we actually rejected it. It was bigger than what the first deal was, and we rejected it. This was a $120,000 deal. And we rejected the retainer saying, listen, we're just going to do a three-month partnership, and here's uh, what it would cost, and let's just test the waters, see if our partnership is good. Let's see if we can actually get the results and help you the way that we hope. Um, we did the three-month thing. It crushed it. And then, boom, we got the next deal. We got their smaller commitment, and it all kind of like go. fell into place. Yeah, it's, it's really that snowball effect you're talking about. I mean, that's the thing. It's not that, like, people, the money breath, the way you put it, it's funny. It definitely, you can come off super desperate because that, I mean, that check looks pretty good, right? Yeah. But you got, it ends up being such a better relationship. One, uh, your goal should be to build a case study because then you can go on and get that next client, right? Yeah. But by building a case study, you're actually providing value, right? And so if you focus just on that piece, like, hey, let's, figure out how we can provide them value. Then you got somebody who's your advocate too, right? And then that client's going to refer you to other people. Um, so yeah, I mean, with that first business, we tried to scale really fast and hop like, well, let's get the next big deal, next big deal, next big deal. And then we forget about the people behind us that sort of got us to that point yeah. sometimes, you know? So uh, that's, yeah. that's a great point. Nah, it's, it's tough. And, you know, I've been down a few of those roads and I, I work with a bunch of people who are running agencies and businesses like, like yours. And, um, you know, it takes a little, I think a major part of it is to be patient too, right? It's like when we're sure. impatient, we have this culture of, of, uh, impatience and, um, we may or may not realize it, but that really can hurt the business if you're not willing to play the long game. It's like stocks, like be willing to play yeah. the long game. <laughs> you know? It makes yeah, a big difference. So oh man. So, so how long now has, uh, your current company been up and running? So it's been about a year and a half or so, but I've been kind of leading into that. It's funny, like before it was really incorporated, I was kind of doing the consulting side on my own. Mm -hmm. So it feels like it's been a little bit over two years, kind of with the same players being around. Yeah. Uh, but I guess like the, the Anderson collaborative brand really a year and a half old. Okay, cool. And now let's get clear for people who your typical client may be on um, maybe multiple at this point. I don't know if you have a very like niche focus on who you work with and what type, what your bread and butter service is for them. Yeah. So, 
I mean, we work with a lot of different people. I wish we were more niche. Uh, my favorite kind of verticals are, are e-commerce and B2B, and that's really where I'm trying to focus us on. Mm. And when it comes to sort of the bread and butter approach, I mean, I really think it's the promotion side. Um, and, and that's, you know, the biggest need I see right now is there's so many people that, you know, like anybody can go and, and make like Facebook ads, you know, you can boost a post. And so people kind of have this perception that, it's not that hard. And, you know, it, I, I wouldn't say like there are aspects of it, like of going in and creating a campaign that are kind of easy, but it's, it's the cohesion between like all of these different channels we have now there. I mean, there's so many, the, the, the user base of where people are today is so fragmented. There's so many different communication channels. It's like, how do you integrate all of those together? Right. Yeah. And so our whole kind of like bread and butter service is how do we make promotions that are not just, you know, effective and, and they're driving results, but how are they multi-channel? How are they integrated? And how are they personalized to people based on how they've interacted with your business thus far? Um, and also doing that in a way that you know what you're getting out of it, right? So um, I would definitely say like the digital advertising side, driving relevant traffic and, and, you know, creating some sort of conversion out of that, whether that's a sale or a lead, that's really what, that's like the area we really try to focus in on okay. um, big time. Got it. So you are, so are you doing like the creative development of assets? Are you just managing the um, distribution strategy? Yeah. At, at this point, we're really not doing much on the creative side. Like if, if we're with somebody and they say, Hey, we really need this. Like I, I've got, I've got a great network of people that can do that. But like I said, like we, we don't do creative in house. We're trying to stick to what we do best. So it's really more like the implementation of that, like structure, right? That strategy got at it. a high level. Got it. Got it. And so have you done in the past year, any work with startups or has it been, um, you know, maybe it's companies who are more than five years old or, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. I mean, I would say our, our sweet spot is kind of like, it's sort of companies that are about like at the 50 employee range, uh, okay. like a little bit on the, on the medium side. Uh, we've worked with a few startups. Um, the problem is a lot of the, on the startup side, a lot of those folks don't really have the budget yet to, of course. to really do what they, they can. And so with those kind of people, you know, we'll come in sort of like at a consultation level and sort of say, you know, let's, let's help you try to build a team that can do these things internally or, you know, what are some, some helpful ways that you can sort of get off the ground. Um, but when it comes to more like day-to-day -day management and really doing those things like done for you services, we stick in that kind of middle area. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, I guess at this point, I'm curious where you see the business going, uh, in the next, you know, 12 months or so. Yeah. Well, I think my biggest problem uh, when I was younger and, and just, trying to build the business is uh, I have, <laughs> I have a, uh, uh, almost kind of like a perfectionist syndrome, I guess, where I really want to, I have the urge to want to put my hands in all the different cookie jars and, and, you know, keep my hands on things. And at my last business really saw that kind of hurt it. Right. Cause I was, I was spreading myself super thin. Yeah. And so this time around, I've really tried to focus more on, finding experts that can do the things that we want to do. And so I have, I have some really great team members that, you know, I've just really tried to empower and let them do what they can do uh, and let them do it best. And, you know, I think it's important to remember 
that, you know, the best people for your business, you don't have to motivate them. Like they, the best kind of people that are going to work for your company, they shouldn't have to be motivated. They should be motivated to, to do a good job. And if you're trying to motivate somebody, I just think that's the wrong way to manage them. So I've really tried as we've, as we've grown to just sort of let go of the reins and yeah. let those people do what they do best. And so I'm just trying to keep doing that, putting the right people in the right places as we scale up um, and just continue to deliver on our promise. Right. So yeah. again, I'm trying to do it slowly and we have some, some really get great case studies that have come out of that. We've gotten a lot of press and media coverage in Miami because of that. Cause we've got you know, some good word going out. And I think if we keep doing that and we just keep it kind of steadily, steadily, steadily uh, growing, that, that could really take us to a, a great spot. But like you said, I'm, I'm in it for the lawn haul, right? I'm not trying to uh, find some secret shortcut or whatever. Those don't exist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They don't exist. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, everything is a buildup of lots of small steps, not just one big step, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm I'm... When did you know you were ready to hire your first employee? Yeah, I think I think I was really ready. I, I tried to kind of pull them in on something where I knew I could test them enough to sort of see if it would work, and yep. and also sort of create a job for them. So there there have been there have been times where like financially I was like, man, this person's awesome. And I really want to pull them in. I'm not sure if I can. And I kind of throw it out there and be like, look, there's, there's this opportunity here. I can't pay you right now, but if we can, if we can find a way to pull you in on it. Right. And, and you can kind of almost build that job out of what we're doing together. Um, that's actually worked for me a few times where like we've been able to sort of build that ideal position out of just an opportunity or, uh, even just, you know, working on one account and just kind of pulling them in yeah. on that. I think, I think it's really, you know, the the moment you know somebody's ready to to kind of take that step with you is they've proven themselves not just by like you know coming in an interview and having the right credentials or whatever but actually doing the work they say they can do Um, i think that's smart i think that's smart um and you hear that too a lot and i've always you know felt the same way i'm like what do you really know about somebody uh just from an interview besides sure. maybe you can connect with them. Maybe not. Maybe they're just a good interviewer. I, I don't know. Sure. And, you know, I've now worked with a lot of people through our own business, um, whether, you know, it's not even for hiring, but partnerships, different things. And, um, you know, you really get to know someone by working on a project. So hearing you say that, I think anybody listening, anytime you can get someone to test the waters for a month or work on a project, I think is absolutely critical, especially when it comes into understanding, are they reliable? That's like a biggest thing for me. Sure. Are they reliable? <laughs> do they do what they say they're going to do? It's are they big. on time? Like those things drive me nuts. Yeah. Well, I think the other big part of that too is, is there's, there's this certain kind of like breed. I don't know. There's, it's like this special kind of person. Um, that just, they, they are so, they got dreams, you know, like they really have ambition to go do something. And there's just this like fire in them. Yeah. Sometimes you find those people and you got to grab them. They're <laughs> rare. They're really rare. And, um, it's kind of the goal with our, our company. Uh, there's, it, there's our mission is not really like, uh, drilled down into sort of like that corporate, um, typical structure. We actually just have it as a quote. Uh, it's one of my favorite quotes. It's, uh, I don't know if you know T Lawrence's, but 
his quote is all men dream, but not equally. Those that dream at night in the dusty recesses of their mind, wake up to find it was all vanity. The dreams of the day are dangerous men for they may act on their dreams with open eyes to make them possible. So that's my favorite quote. And I want, I want dreamers on my team. I want people that are dreamers of the day that have really big goals. And if me as an employer could help them accomplish those goals, that would make me feel like my life had a lot of really great purpose. Yeah. So that's sort of my goal. Interesting. Yeah. That's a cool quote. I haven't heard that. Who was it again? I want to write it down. It's T. Lawrence. It's uh, yeah, it's one of my favorites. T E is an Edward. Yeah, it's Thomas Edward Lawrence, I think. I could totally butcher that. But uh, <laughs> I just know the TE part. <laughs> no, that's cool. It's a good start. Um, yeah. So I'm curious, um, you know, we all kind of have our failures. Like what, I mean, it could be losing a client uh, from money breath. <laughs> it could be, uh, yeah, sure. it could be other things too. A bad hire. It could be the execution of a, a, a project in the wrong way. Anything stand out to you? I mean, we're all human. So l- l- maybe we can get some dirty laundry out here from you about a failure to make us all feel like, you know, we're not alone. Yeah, no, I, I think that's such an important question to ask. Like when I was, when I was starting to sort of, dabble with the idea of entrepreneurship. I spoke to a lot of people that I grew up with, like parents and, and business owners I knew. And I knew that the failure component was so important. I think it threw a lot of them off because I would ask them like, Hey, what, what was like your biggest failure? Yeah. And I learned so much from that. First off, I learned that people are lying if they say they don't fail. I fail all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's the, the big thing with failure is how you bounce back from it. Um, so I've done, I've had failures where I was like, oh, this is it. You know, there's no coming back. For example, one that comes to mind is I had a, probably the biggest client opportunity that I had had at that time. And at the moment I was managing like all of their PPC spend and, and, and stuff like that. And, um, Google had like rolled out this update where it would double spend if it thought it could optimize for conversions. Mm-hmm. And so it ended up spending like, I think it was like $20,000 over their budget or something like that. It was absurd wow. how yeah. much money it spent over. And obviously like it, the thing that was funny, it kind of ended up working out for them because they got leads out of it. But I was like, they were so upset. Right. Cause I mean, we just, we totally blew it. I mean, it's yeah. like unprofessional and, and everything like that. And, you know, that it, it kind of gave me a feeling of like even imposter syndrome. I'm like, man, should I really even be doing this? Like, how did I mess <laughs> up that bad? And, I mean, that's the thing. Like, we're all human, right? Like, everybody everybody has those mess ups. Like I said, you just got to you gotta take those, those things in stride and you got to learn from them. And you got to not make that same mistake again, right? So if you make it twice then the, it's not a failure. You're just an idiot. But <laughs> <laughs> if you, uh, if you fail once, that's okay. And that's the other thing too. Like you got to understand, like a lot of people don't have an employee fail and they fire them. And it's like, you got to understand that, you know, just like you fail, they fail too. Yeah. And you got to empower them to learn from that mistake. And sometimes, you know, that's moving what they're doing or, you know, the solution isn't just to fire that person. All right. You got to give people chances. Uh, and when you do, and, uh, you, you'll find that a lot of people will bounce back from that. So, yeah, 
Yeah, I think you nailed it, man. I mean, you know, we, we kind of learned that a failing is a bad thing throughout school, right? Oh, you fail. That's terrible. Yeah. Now, now you can't do this. You can't do that. And um, it's kind of this like subconscious cultural thing. And I always say that um, the idea that failing is bad is a bad idea. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, but like you said, you know, you have to learn from it. If you're the dodo that makes the same mistake over and over, well, that's on you. But, um, yeah, those failures are it's, – it's just that inevitable – part of the process like you can't i mean okay you can go on and on and look at all these famous people from uh, michael jordan to steve jobs or even milton hershey they failed more than anybody yeah big time you know whoever fails the most tends to be the most successful (laughs) yeah and you'll notice those people they're not scared of failure either they're they're the kind of guys that you know they're gonna run through that that glass ceiling and they might get cut on the way but they're gonna do it that's so. it, man. I mean, it makes a huge difference. Uh, and, and that just comes down to perspective. So, you know, I think a lot of people get nervous about starting a business because, well, there's a lot to it, right? If I look back at Change yeah. Creator the past four years or uh, I'd look at it and if someone told me this is all the stuff you're going to go through, I would probably have been like, hell no. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, oh my God, just so much stuff. And I'm sure you have uh, been down the same, same road of just figuring things out. Um, so those, the early stages, I think there's like that tipping point of trying to, um, establish revenue streams. Um, so I- I'm curious, like, it sounds like to me you did it right, meaning you started even your first business with your buddy in college and you just went in and you guys were focused on creating a, a revenue stream right out of the gate, right? Sure. And I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs really start businesses and they're like, oh, I'm going to do this podcast, I'm going to I'm going to create this blog and they have no real plan for monetization and making money. They're just doing stuff that they think they should be doing. Yeah. I I mean, I think that's super true. I mean, just, just to people that are looking to even start a business, I I think there's two types of individuals. I think there's one person that is scared to make the leap, which was kind of me. I was like, Oh man, this is, you know, I I'm too young to be an entrepreneur or whatever. And then I think there's another type that's kind of like, yeah, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And they don't, (laughs) they don't really (laughs) understand. Okay. What does that actually mean? And it, the reality is not attractive, right? Like, you know, you may see people on, uh, Instagram or whatever, and you know, they're driving cars and whatever, like they're just, they're living their best life. The reality is, I mean, it's late nights, it's working hard. Uh, it's sometimes losing your sanity a little bit. Um, and it's, it's, you know, receiving panic texts and calls or whatever. I mean, even today, like just before the podcast, I had a text and call this morning that we're having this big issue. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Um, and just wanted to like roll over and just turn my phone on. Do not disturb. But like, you gotta, you know, react to that and you gotta, you know, <laughs> sort of take that and, and roll yeah, with it. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's the reality. Like it, it, there's no, like I said, there are no shortcuts. I, I hate all this, like kind of get rich quick schemes and things like that. It sets people up for failure. It's like, man, I'm not making it. It's like, yeah, you're not going to make it in the first month. <laughs> like, it, it takes time and you gotta, you gotta set like little baby goals for yourself. Right. Like it's, like teaching a baby to walk, like, yeah. you know, all right, take one step and then you know, do this step. And when you set those little micro goals and then you start achieving them, they snowball on each other. Right. And then all of a sudden that's building into a bigger snowball and you just yeah. keep going and going. 
Absolutely. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, we've noticed that a lot of entrepreneurs, um, essentially we built up this magazine and, you know, it did well. We decided like we had to get another revenue stream because magazine just is not much. And um, we surveyed our audience. And one of the things we learned, get on the phone, talking to all these people, is a lot of entrepreneurs are excited and they have this this willpower to do what they need to do and they're masters of their craft, right? Just like an artist is a master of their craft, but they don't have the business skills. So now they're just out there doing all this stuff and they don't have the business skills and they don't know how to communicate their brand, like their brand story and positioning and all these things. And this is a big gap for them. And that this is the number one thing that we saw that was uh, causing them to struggle and fail. Yeah, I think I think branding is one of the hardest parts of starting something. I mean, I think that's where people really go wrong a lot of the times. I mean, and like you said, I mean, even just like the day to day business side, like, you know, how do you do accounting? How do you, you know, make sure you're paying the right taxes? Like all yeah. that stuff, right? Like you could be a master of your craft, but you gotta, you gotta, you know, figure out all those other things. And the thing is, you just gotta people focus just on growing way too fast. You gotta keep your startup costs low. And the beautiful thing is, in in the world of the internet, I mean, your startup costs could be so low. I mean, they really could like minus starting your LLC or whatever. I mean, you'd be up and running on Shopify with like 79 bucks. Yeah. You know, like you can, you can really go and start something out of nowhere. But like you say, you got to find a revenue stream. You got to find a need and you got to build a brand. If you don't have a brand and a story behind what you're doing, you're not going to go anywhere at all. It makes it Um, tough. That's sure. You listen to your podcast. You talk about story brands and, the story is an important part. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. Just even listening on a little bit, mm. uh, it seems like you really get the value of that too. Yeah, I mean, that's that is our bread and butter here. Is because and it's because of that that research we did with our audience and hearing that gap. And we're like, you know, our team, me, Danielle, Amy, like we all have tons of experience in branding, brand storytelling, and things like that. And I I do uh, you know like design and all that stuff. So that was an area we were able to help people, and we built up part of our business, a educational program around that for people. But I love branding and design. I love that kind of stuff. So let's take a few minutes. We're almost at the 30-minute mark, but we'll take a few minutes just to touch on branding because it's such an important part of the business. And I think there's misconceptions around what branding really is, especially when we start talking about brand storytelling. Um, You just mentioned that you think it's a critical part of the business. So tell me just, you know, your thoughts about branding, um, you know, uh, just off the cuff. Yeah, well... I think I think branding in its essence is responsible for leaving that first impression on the customer. Yeah. So, you know, back in like the reptilian brain or whatever, you know, just like the very simple brain that we have, you know, there's that immediate reaction to what you see, the look and feel. Uh, you know, if somebody is trying to communicate to you that they are a luxury brand and they don't look it, there's like that disconnect, right? Yep. And so there's there's so much to that it's like you got to build cohesion of look and feel with your offering you've got to build that perception like you have to know what that perception is that you're trying to build right like you got to know how do you want people to perceive your business and what does it need to look like and not just look but feel like uh in order to really communicate that 
And then beyond that, like you gotta, you can't just like be this empty vessel, like that looks pretty cool, right? Like you gotta <laughs> have some juice in there, some story, and and you gotta, you know, make that cool. And you don't even like that's the other thing. Like people always focus like, God, this really good logo, and, and the colors got to be on point, and all that's great. Trust me, like that's awesome stuff. But you know, you see companies out there that have kind of cheapo looking logos and and not really the best. Uh, you know, just overall look, but it's because they've got such a rich story, right? Yep, that yep. people, they just get pulled into that. And so it's important for people to really figure out like, Hey, what's your story and what are you selling people beyond just like your product, right? Like what, what's your, what's your, your goal? What's the organization's goal? Like what are some of the things that you, you guys are doing outside of just the business? I'd be overly promotional and provide value outside of just the product you're selling, whether that be in content or, whatever so yeah there's there's so much to it it's i love branding it's it's a personal passion it's fun yeah um, i designed all our stuff so oh nice nice yeah i i'm the same i do a lot of this our stuff as well and yeah. uh, you know i only because i like it i like to do it you know so I, there's no way i would want to outsource if i can do stuff like that um not that i want to spend all my time just doing those things but i sure. do see it as part of um, building brand equity, which does tie into, uh, you know, generating revenue in the end. Cause you know, everyone says, can you sell, you could sell without a website. Sure. Um, is it easier? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not no. easier, <laughs> but it's like you, you don't need a pretty website, um, you know, like to, to do well, but first impressions do matter to people in this world. And I know there was, um, uh, the Edelman report came out for in 2020, the Edelman report for 2019 came out and it's all about trust and, and business. And yeah. I don't remember exactly the numbers, but I will tell you right now that a ton of people, like more than 50% of people don't trust brands. Uh, and yeah. when they don't have a good website and those types of, it's, they check out almost immediately cause they lose yeah. trust. No, that's so true. I mean, that's, that's a big philosophy of ours is like, is like, where does that first interaction happen today yeah. with customers? And for us, like, we feel like that is most often going to be with the website. Like the website is really it, at its core could be like your ultimate 24 hour a day salesman yeah. that, that speaks your brand's essence, maybe even better that you could. Right. Yep. And so it's so important that that website doesn't just look good, but has, you know, a, a great user experience. And, and you really start to build that trust and, and having like the right little nuggets of information, right? Like having uh, uh, persuasive copy, having uh, great testimonials, you know, showcasing all these different things that make your business great. Uh, websites are so important. And yeah, that's, that's really far none going to be the first time that somebody really gets to know who you are and what you're about today. I agree, man. I mean, it's like the center of the hub, right? I mean, you got traffic yeah. around all the social media and all the other digital uh, uh, areas. And, you know, we, we used to talk a lot about doing sales funnels and all these things. And obviously, we, we have all that stuff. Um, and we kind of reframed it. Um, you know, if you think about the door-to-door -door salesman, it's knocking on the door and uh, he gets to sit down and talk to you. So whatever you're saying, he can deal with the objections or whatever misconceptions you have and all that stuff. And you can adapt the stories you're sharing, right? To talk about your products and whatever. Um, in that conversation, you have an hour or whatever. 
But today we don't have that. We have very little time and we have this whole digital thing. So we started saying, instead of looking at it as a sales funnel where we're looking at targets, clicks and conversions, we started calling it a digital conversation saying we're not, it's no different than the door to door sales guy, but now we're just digital. So what part of the conversation are they having where, right? And, and now we're just having, we're humanizing marketing a little bit, right? I really like that. I might have to steal that from you. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm trademarking that, man. Tra- <laughs> no, that's, that's a great way of playing it. I mean, it really it, it is. And, and people's attention spans are so, so uh, low today. You know, like you really got to figure out how to, how to pull them in. And, and then, yeah, like, how do you, how do you tell that? What's your elevator pitch, right? Yeah. Like with, uh, with whatever you're, you're showcasing them. So that's key, man. There, I just did an interview with Brendan Kane. Um, he wrote this book hook and he did like marketing work with people like Taylor Swift, MTV, like all these big players. Yeah. And it's all about how you only got three seconds to get someone's attention and hook them. And then your story becomes, you know, very important, but you got to get the hook, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's critical. It really is. <laughs> it is. It's good. It's good. Um, all right, man. Listen, I'm glad we got to touch on some of the branding stuff. I think it's important. Appreciate you sharing some of your your wins and your failures and stuff like that. It's really uh, good stuff that you're working on. So I appreciate you jumping on here today. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. It, it's been fun talking to you. I feel like we could do this all day, man. We're speaking the same language. <laughs> yeah, totally. Hey, listen, let's just in case, you know, I got some companies out there that want to check you out, um, you know, work with you or see what you got going on. Where do they, where's the best place for them to find you? Yeah. Um, I mean, of course they could go to our website, andersoncollaborative.com. I like to point people to just go ahead and do a Google search because yep. um, we're on a, a lot of different uh, different listings and things like that, where you can actually see case studies and reviews and kind of paints like an overall larger picture of some of the stuff we've done. So, uh, if you really want to check us out, get to know us outside of what we talked about, kind of the salesy side on the website, um, just Google search Anderson collaborative, um, yeah. Miami, and, and you'll find uh, a lot of great info on us. So, Awesome. All right. There you have it, guys. Anderson Collaborative. Check it out. They're doing some good stuff here in uh, sunny Miami. It's been freaking cold the past couple of days. But <laughs> yeah, they declared a, like a weather emergency, which is funny. It dropped below 50. Um, <laughs> apparently, that's a weather emergency. It is in my world. <laughs> yep. All right, brother. Take care. Appreciate your time. Hey, you as well. Thanks for tuning into the Change Creator Podcast. Visit us at changecreator.com forward slash go big to get access to free downloads and other great resources that will drive your business forward.